Welcome to Federal Insights for February, part of the Digital Modernization Series Discussing Automation, sponsored by GDIT. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Rob Smallwood, the Senior Director for Digital Modernization at GDIT. Rob, good to have you on. Thanks, Tom. Happy to be here. And this subject of modernization of federal IT is a really big one, and every agency talks about it. But I guess a good place to start is, given the number, hundreds of systems that the given agency is running, how, what's your best advice for agencies to prioritize what it is they should go after to modernize? Because you can come at it from many different vectors. What, from your experience looking across government, what's your best advice? Well, you know, and I, we usually attack it from what's going to provide the most value versus the cost, right? And, and that comes to, you know, is it going to improve efficiencies? Is it going to drive effectiveness and, uh, you know, provide for better informed decisions for our customers? And to, to enable that, you really have to have a really good understanding of what the mission is and what the users require to be successful. And then from there, you figure out how IT can actually enable that success. Uh, and it, it really um, it requires you to do a little bit of time because every agency is not the same, right? There, there's not one size fits all to the agencies and there's not one size fits all to their user base. So you have to get in, have to really understand what, what they need to do to be successful. Uh, and then from there, look at what you currently have in the environment. You know, if, if you have a lot of outdated equipment, it's aged and, and coming to end of life, that's obviously a security vulnerability as well as a reliability vulnerability. So maybe you want to look at modernizing those systems first. Um, you want to look at what, you know, as I said, what's going to provide the most value to the agency uh, in aggregate. And I think the other, the other important point when you start looking at the different users and what they require for success, you know, sometimes it's not even about modernizing what you currently provide from a services and capability perspective. What I, what I find is when you get that intimacy, you actually identify areas within the business that they're, maybe they have this very manual process they're doing over in HR. And you, you're like, you know, we can we could put this in a service now workflow or, or automate it some way. I'm like, really? And we're like, yeah. So I find that that, that is one of the uh, less anticipated uh, results from uh, from uh, getting that intimacy. And a lot of agencies are looking at the customer experience, customer service improvement kind of perspective. And is that a good way mm -hmm. to possibly come at it? Because that backs you up into the systems that support your service goals and to the public that is, or maybe to other agencies or even to your own employees. But the idea of better service, that must back up into what systems have to be fixed or modernized to deliver what you hope for in terms of service. Absolutely. As part of part of you know working with the user communities, it's not just about what they need to succeed. It's also a perception, right? You have to identify what is a perception of the services that you're providing to them. Because maybe you think I have all these metrics and it says I'm up 99% of the time, but if the users aren't happy for some reason, maybe you're not providing necessary training, or or maybe the system the the interface is all wonky and it doesn't doesn't help them. Uh, you really need to understand what the perceptions are out there, not not just base it on the metrics, but actually get in and figure out what it, do they really think it's providing the value you, you think it is? Because the other thing 
uh, you know, from a modernization perspective, I, I always define services in two ways, right? You have the services that the users interact with every day, you know, their laptop or their mobile device or their email. Those are things that they can find tangible value at. They don't have, it's harder for them to understand what the value they're getting from that server sitting in a rack somewhere or that virtual virtual server sitting up in Amazon or Azure or wherever it might be. They don't understand that. So the way you way you go about modernizing those services are a little bit different. I guess in so some cases, first, the yeah. small numbers you mentioned, like say 1% downtime or one second of latency might not seem like much or 99% mm -hmm. might sound pretty good. But in the reality of operating those systems day in, day out, 99% is, you know, 10,000 hours out of a million that it's down or 1% latency times 10,000 users. Next thing you know, you've got stoppages and long wait times and so on. So you really have to be fine grained, I guess, in how you think about those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I, you know, a lot of agencies and, and GDIT as well, you know, we need to do a better job of baselining these applications and services when they go online. I don't know how many times I, you know, a service has been running great for two years and all of a sudden people are complaining because of performance issues. And it's really hard for you to pinpoint sometimes where that degradation is coming from because you don't have anything to look back at, say, here's what it looked like when we first put it in, what, what changed, you know, related to that service. So, yeah, looking at those numbers, it's not always uh, it's not always evident by just looking at the numbers. Uh, you know how well you're performing. And I guess the companion piece to that is it's probably useful to have a really good inventory of all the possible systems that might impinge on a service delivery, so that you can find out where the issue lies first. Yeah, and that that's always been a kind of a legacy challenge in in our customer environments, right? You have all these technical silos. And, and it's been, from a legacy perspective, it's been difficult to look across how all those parts and we call them configuration items fit together to, to provide those services and applications that the users are actually using. So, you know, one of the first things we, we try to do in an environment is one inventory, everything that's there, and then correlate all that underlying infrastructure up to what are the capabilities and services actually being provided to the users. And then, then from there, you can actually start to monitor and, and get an enterprise view across all of that to really understand, you know, where something might be uh, degraded or, or where some anomalies might be coming from that could impact the performance. And I'm imagining that type of exercise might show that, well, all you have to do is change this switch or this whatever it is, this configuration here, and you'll be up to mm -hmm. speed. And that could give a clue to an agency, well, good. I don't have to spend a lot of money there. I can go on to the next problem, which might be more subtle and more comprehensive. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, some of these performance problems, especially the intermittent ones, are, are a little harder to, to, to work with. So, you know, if you don't have that enterprise visibility, uh, Tuesday afternoon, you have this problem, but it goes away. And then you're like, well, scratching your head, well, you know, you know where do I go from here, right? So if you have that enterprise visibility and you have baselines, you can look back and say, this is where, th this is what happened at this time, which causes this issue. All right, on that note, we'll take a short break. My guest today is Rob Smallwood. He's the Senior Director for Digital Modernization at GDIT. I'm Tom Tamman. This is Federal Insights, part of the Digital Modernization Series, discussing automation, sponsored by GDIT here on Federal News Network. 
We depend on IT every day to connect. This requires technology and practices that are constantly evolving to overcome changing demands. General Dynamics Information Technology accelerates the modernization of legacy IT environments and deploys advanced digital ecosystems. Automation, managed services, software-defined networking, 5G IT infrastructure. GDIT modernizes the entire IT enterprise to power agency missions. GDIT, accelerate the power of modernization. Learn more at federalnewsnetwork.com, search digital modernization. Welcome back to Federal Insights, part of the Digital Modernization Series. The topic of this week's discussion is automation, sponsored by GDIT here on Federal News Network. My guest today is Robert Smallwood, the Senior Director for Digital Modernization at GDIT. I'm Tom Temin. And Rob, let's talk about automation a little bit more closely in this segment. And automation, modernization, in some ways, they're similar. If you look at automation in the old-fashioned sense mm -hmm. of the term, but What's the contemporary meaning of automation and how does that relate to agency modernization efforts? So within GDIT and, and actually with, uh, you know, within our programs and customer environments, we, we take an approach related to automation of automate everywhere where it makes sense, right? And basically that means uh, any new modernizations that you're bringing into the environment, you should incorporate the necessary automations as part of that solution. Not not from you know kind of our legacy mindsets of where we we had these legacy processes and then we went to automate them, but actually look, incorporating the automation at the very beginning. And I, I would say that applies to you know AI and some other things as well, because what it does is when you're looking at the modernization, it changes your entire perspective about how you're going to provide that service uh, to your customer or within GDIT. As an example. You know, if you approach Service Desk, for example, and you want to bolt on automation or bolt on an AI related to the Service Desk, uh, it has a different, you have a different perspective than coming in and saying, these are going to be my defaults. This is, this is my default. And then if I have to, I'll resort to those, those other legacy type processes and hand off to a service agent. And, and what we find is that actually ends up, uh, providing a better a better uh, capability to the end user, right? They don't have to go and talk to a service desk agent just to reset their password because they couldn't remember it on Monday morning after they came back from vacation, right? So incorporating those automations, but, but looking at it from that perspective, right? That's our default. I guess you could have a, a service agent automated, say your post-it note is on the floor if they lose their password. <laughs> but let me ask you yeah, this. Right. <laughs> the, um, the question comes up from time to time, what is the difference between orchestration and automation in this context? Because I think it's an important distinction. Yeah, and it's 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 actually a somewhat of a misconception, and even in the IT world, right? Automation is more about automating a specific task. Orchestration is taking a set of automations and orchestrating an entire process. For example, so you might have an automation to provision a user account uh, in Active Directory, for example. That's an automation. You can have, do it through a script or other other mechanisms that, that are available today. But when you look at all orchestration, it could be the entire on you know onboarding process from the person accepts the the offer letter, they go through their onboarding training, they get their machine provision, they get their account provisioned, all their access is automatically uh, provided to them. So then on day one, they can be as productive as possible. 
So that's an orchestration. You're, you're taking all those things and pulling them together to, to provide a, a more robust outcome. And so to make the automated components of an orchestrated system, I guess if that's the overarching goal, is to make less friction for the people, whatever it is that they're doing, onboarding or arriving at the agency or applying for a passport, whatever the case might be. What about the yeah. programming aspect of this? Because I think a lot of agencies worry when there's programming involved, uh-oh, the possibility for length and cost and mistakes and so on. So maybe discuss the best ways to approach automating discrete functions while saving as much coding as you can. Yeah, and and the great thing with a lot of the automations nowadays, they don't they don't require you to really understand VBScript or Java or or whatever the the programming language is anymore, right? I remember many years ago having to create VB scripts to do whatever it was I was trying to accomplish. Today, you have tools like UiPath or Live Objects or other other vendors, even ServiceNow uh, and BMC that have you know those capabilities kind of bought built in and it, it takes it from a functional perspective and the person doing it doesn't have to actually understand how to code. These tools actually are able to mimic what a human does and then do all that backend coding and, and stuff uh, itself without the person having to understand it. And what is the managerial aspect, I, would, I guess, to put it that way, of the automation decision tree? I mean, how do you know what to automate? such that you can make sure that you get this higher level orchestration, which is really the point of modernization in many cases. All right. I, you know, one, another challenge of the legacy environments, you had all these one-off automations that were everywhere. You had your, your Windows guys had their scripts, your network guys had their scripts, and there was no, no overarching kind of, here's where all my automations live, here's my governance over all of those. Uh, you know, making sure that they're updated as needed, re retired if not needed. Uh, and and uh, so what we're finding is that, you know, taking it from that holistic approach, creating a more deliberate mechanism to automate within an organization, actually setting up a, a team, whether that team is solely responsible for automation or maybe their focus is, is around innovation and improvement. Sometimes I see that, you know, automation aspect incorporated into those type of teams. Uh, but having that focus and kind of corralling it around, because the one thing you don't want to do from a, from a bureaucratic perspective, you don't want that to uh, stifle or, or cause bottlenecks in the automations being created. Because at the end of the day, you want to be able to empower everyone at all levels to be able to automate and, and enable them to do their job more effectively and efficiently. All right. Good place to take a break. We'll be back right after this. My guest today is Rob Smallwood, the Senior Director for Digital Modernization at GDIT. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin, on Federal Insights, part of the Digital Modernization Series discussing automation, sponsored by GDIT here on Federal News Network. We depend on IT every day to connect. This requires technology and practices that are constantly evolving to overcome changing demands. General Dynamics Information Technology accelerates the modernization of legacy IT environments and deploys advanced digital ecosystems. Automation, managed services, software-defined networking, 5G IT infrastructure. GDIT modernizes the entire IT enterprise to power agency missions. GDIT, accelerate the power of modernization. Learn more at federalnewsnetwork.com, search digital modernization. Welcome back to Federal Insights, part of the Digital Modernization Series. The topic of this week's discussion is automation, sponsored by GDIT here on Federal News Network. My guest today is Rob Smallwood, 
the Senior Director for Digital Modernization at GDIT. I'm Tom Temin. And Rob, just tell us what the best contemporary role for systems integrators and technology integrators such as GDIT really is in this whole chain of events leading to better automation and modernization. So I think one of the one of the big things when you're looking at modernization, uh, one you're you're looking at what capabilities you need internal to the organization, but the other thing you need to have an understanding of it is what is what is available in the industry, right? What is the art of the possible that's actually available to solve some of these legacy problem sets or, or work activities that we we try to work through with our customers, and. I think from a systems integrator perspective, that's really where we can uh, provide a lot of the value. One, we can come in and we, we, we've done this on other programs and we can bring lessons learned from other programs, uh, uh, you know, so that there's less upfront work with the customers, but also having, you know, we have an extensive partnership program, you know, some of your more, more familiar ones like Cisco's and the Microsoft's, but we also have a very robust emergent technologies uh, partner partner uh, focus. You know, looking at what are the emergent technology firms out there? What are these what are these innovators just now coming out, and what are they providing? And what how can we leverage that in our customer environments? Uh, you know, one of the one of the things is kind of uh, within the federal government. You know. They're, they're sometimes they're very hesitant to take advantage of some of these emerging companies. And there, there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, there's, you know, uh, you have to make sure that usually they're, they're American-based companies. You have to make sure that, you know, they have some kind of FISMA rating or FedRAMP rating, depending on what it is. But from a GEIT perspective, we, we can help navigate those, those uh, obstacles, right, to, to better enable uh, federal agencies to take advantage of these uh, of these emergent technologies and vendors, because they really do have innovative ways of looking at you know the problem sets we've been working for years. Yeah, that point, innovation, I think, is something that comes off the lips of almost every agency nowadays. And even if those companies don't have all the FedRAMP and, as you say, the different certifications, if if you abstract that on behalf of the agency, then it's a good way mm-hmm. for uh, agencies to take advantage of innovation that's probably already been deployed in the private sector, which they also want to mm-hmm. match in some cases, and can bring it that way into government more simply than they can if they went directly to those companies. Absolutely, I mean that's a big, big driver. They, you know, they want to take advantage of these things and benefit like the commercial side of things, right? They want to be able to take advantage uh, of those benefits. And and the great thing about a lot of these emerging tech uh, vendors, uh, you know, I, I look at their capabilities and provide me demos, right? And it's like, you completely looked at this completely different than, you know, maybe some of the legacy vendors in, in the space have looked at it for years. And, you know, it tends to either uh, be a more effective solution or or it solves a problem that the legacy vendors just couldn't crack the nut on, right? So... And we probably could not have a discussion like this without bringing in the topic of artificial intelligence. And uh, tell us where artificial intelligence, from your standpoint, fits into the whole modernization question and the whole automation. <laughs> so I, I think I think the question would rather be where doesn't AI fit into that, right? I think I, I think uh, 
we're just starting to scratch the surface of where AI can be applied within our environments. Uh, it, it uh, you know, whether it's uh, being used to do uh, natural language processing, like with a service desk automated assistant, or whether you're using it to automatically establish service baselines in your environment and then identify anomalies that are occurring so that you can head off an outage, right? And, and you can you can make changes prior to something actually going down. Yeah, you know, that, that's just scratching the surface. You know, leveraging artificial intelligence, for example, to uh, help uh, improve your change processes. Change process tends to be a bottleneck, right? But if, you, if you've leveraged AI to kind of track uh, and you know that this type of change or this team or this, this system that you're impacting has a historical uh, 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 challenge to changes, you know, working that in so that you can have a higher visibility and, and review of that and less visibility on some of the ones that are more mundane and repetitive. All right. And I guess a lot of this points to the other word besides innovation that you hear, and that is agile. And agile is not just a software development term, but in many ways, it's an approach to getting projects done and getting the agency forward in terms of modernizing do you find that that term applies to the best practices approach, the incremental approach, but the steady march approach at the same time for getting to this next nirvana of better service through automation and modernization? Absolutely. In fact, internal to GDIT, almost every project that we take on, you know, we work within sprints and epics and, you know, uh, taking it incrementally to move the ball forward. Uh, I find in a lot of uh, the systems and, and, things that I'm involved with, it's not necessarily providing a piece of code that works in the environment, right? The minimal viable product uh, uh, many times is something a little bit different, like uh, you have your requirements gathering, maybe that's a sprint. It's about creating something to get some kind of feedback on so that you can move forward and reprioritize things. But Agile agile is uh, kind of permeated everything that we do. So. And a final question, what's the best composition of the team in the agency that should approach these projects? So uh, one thing I see, you know, from a legacy perspective, and I kind of talked about this earlier, you have, you have your Windows team, you have your your other server team, you have a network team, right? What I'm finding, especially as we're moving to cloud and there's more abstraction, either through a public cloud or a private cloud or through these automations we've been talking about, those backend and very siloed capabilities are are reducing. And what you what I'm seeing is people working within product teams, integrated product teams, where you have kind of a what I call a full stack engineer, somebody that understands all of the the backend infrastructure type stuff, works within with the application developer, works with the product owner, works with uh, representation from the user community. For example, you got security in there. And they have a, a more product focus. And if you if you need to refer back to that deep expertise in maybe one of those technical areas, uh, that full stack engineer can coordinate that. All right, lots to think about. I want to thank today's guests as we conclude here. Rob Smallwood is the Senior Director for Digital Modernization at GDIT. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom.
I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search GDIT. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for February, part of the digital modernization series discussing automation. Sponsored by GDIT on Federal News Network.